You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 36. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, my friends. It is a pleasure to have you here on From Sobriety to Recovery. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. It is spectacular to have you all listen again. I always appreciate you. It has been a great year of shows. And because we're coming upon the new year, um, Halloween apparently is Thursday. I had forgotten, but it is happening. And once Halloween happens, then here's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Before you know it, it's Valentine's Day. And we're right back into the throes of spring. So because I have this... Um, working, I have this working like metaphor theory of how the year ends that you start your next year on December 1st with the idea that you want your current year to it, obviously the current year, right? We're, we're, we have momentum. We've been working on things. We're excited. We're going towards goals. Uh, we have things that we've accomplished. We have things we want to continue to accomplish. And then we're moving into the new year. And so we want the new year to already be going at the speed of the current year so that we don't feel like we just stop on a dime and then all of a sudden here comes January 1st and now we have a new calendar and New Year's resolutions and it's like we're starting all over because we're not. This is a long journey, sobriety, recovery, even life. Even if you happen to be listening to this and you're not in sobriety and recovery, you don't even have an addiction issue, you're listening for a friend or a loved one, this works for your life too. It's what I speak from stage about. It's what I talk to my clients about when I speak at addiction centers and colleges and in high schools. This is the kind of stuff that I talk about because I think it's really important that we're constantly looking to grow, to up-level ourselves. And so here comes November 1st, which is just a month away from December 1st, which, like I just said, is really, to me, the beginning of 2020, so that by the time January 1st gets here, 2020 is moving as fast as 2019 has been. And then in that month of January is whenever we wrap up our loose ends from 2019. Uh, picture it visually, if you've ever watched the Olympics, and there's that 4 by 100 relay where they have to pass the baton. The next runner doesn't just stand still and wait for the current runner with the baton to reach them because then you'd have somebody going 20 miles an hour for that 100 meters running right up at somebody who's standing still. The passing of the baton would go horribly. Uh, the, the, the time that the runners would make it around the track would not be as good. There's just a whole, if you've never seen that race, go YouTube, 4 by 100 medley relay. You've no doubt watched the Olympics. You know what I'm talking about, right? You saw it in high school. You saw it somewhere. I'm just going to assume that we know what it's like when a runner is passing a baton to another runner. Now, that's how your year is. Your year is passing the baton off, and you don't want 2020 standing still as 2019 speeds towards it. So 2020 starts December 1st, 2019 ends February 1st. It gives you this two-month gap to get your years wrapped up in the new one starting at just the right speed. So because this is my 
working theory of how time moves when it comes to years and with a lot of things, but let's just stick to the years. I'm going to be going over my life's blueprint for the next three months so that you can have a working idea of how to organize your life in a manner that will allow you to up-level as efficiently and as quickly as you possibly can, right? Everything in our lives is an opportunity to change for the better. Um, A lot of people might say that they don't want to spend a ton of time on self-improvement or personal growth, all these other things, uh, because then it's like they constantly have a task they're working on. They've, they've got c- commitments. They've, oh, it's just too stressful. I can't be on a diet and be getting into the gym and be communicating with my partner more effectively and, t- you know, being uh, spending time with my family and also being more active at work and, and also, you know, being focused on my spiritual practice, which again isn't religion as much as it's more of the of the morals, ethics, and values that we operate our life with. And if you think about religion, it really was this this tool used in the ancient times to help people with their morals, ethics, and values, right? To give you something to ground yourself into so you would be the best human you possibly could be because you had this belief that there was this um, God-like power that was giving you information that if you followed, you would reach the heavens, right? I mean, look at religion at its core, no matter which one you're talking about, and it's looking to up-level you. So when we, th- when we talk about spirituality on this show, that's how I'm referencing it. So when it comes to the life's blueprint, what it is for me was my way when I first got sober to organize my life into 12 quadrants using these three spheres and these four um, components that I'm going to talk about here in a minute in order for me to make sure that when I wanted to look at myself and say, okay, what am I up-leveling today? What could I focus on this week? What could I focus on this month? Um, the beauty of the entire process is that it, it works out to be 12 because because if you think about the way the year is broken up, right? You know, it, it's you know, if you go on the business aspect of it, there's quarters, you know, it's like the quarterly earning report and this, that, and the other. Well, it's done that way because each year's 12 months and there's four, three month quarters. Well, I happen to have 12 quadrants in my blueprint made up of three spheres and four components. And so if you were working on one of them each week, you'd be able to go through all four in a year because you're going to cover each one of them in a quarter. Um, That's one of my favorite things about this. And again, when I came up with this, um, it wasn't like I I thought that it would fit perfectly. It just happened to do that. And for me, there's a lot of numerology that I care about and and the power of three and the power of seven and, and prime numbers and just, you know, the way that three and four work together with 12 and become this entire basis for what I'm getting ready to talk to you guys about. Because... I'm a firm believer that you don't leave resolutions till January 1st. If there's a change you want to make in your life, start making it now. When you say, I won't stop overeating, I won't stop drinking, I won't stop smoking cigarettes, I'm going to start communicating with my loved ones better, I'm going to start caring about my work ethic and how I behave at work. If you say you're going to do all that stuff and you're going to wait till January 1st, then it becomes this 
idea of scarcity, this, this, this feeling of scarcity mode in your life because you're taking something away. You're stopping yourself from doing something. When you just make the decision now to do that, you, you are giving yourself that choice. You're saying, today, I will start working harder at work. I won't be lazy. I won't push off a a task that I could easily do so somebody else can do it, so I can just sit in my chair and stare off into space. I work, I have a lot of different jobs in Los Angeles, and one of them has been for quite some time uh, working at a hotel. And I see people constantly pushing off something that they could do in favor of having someone else do it just for the sake there's it's not like they have anything else better to do they just don't want to do it and then they'll say something to me like well this isn't what i really want to be doing with my life i moved out to la for this i'm just doing this to pay my bills so when i get the job i really want i'll care more i'll start to work harder i will have my work ethic show up then when i care about the job my answer back to them And if you think that way, is bullshit. You will not. If you don't have a work ethic that says that you do your best, that you show up as the best version of yourself at all times, at some point, even when you get that dream job, you'll wake up and it will feel like a job. You won't want to go. You'll be tired of it. You won't want to half-ass it because you're just not in the mood. It's that work ethic. It's that idea. And we talked about this back when we went over um, the four agreements and the fourth one being always do your best. It's, it's very important to me. It's part of my seven power principles that I talk about in my other podcast, College Success Habits. The, number, the, the seventh one is tenacity, always showing up and doing your best. So when you decide to push off something you want to change now until January 1st, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're basically saying, this isn't important enough to me to change now. I still want to get drunk. I still want to get high. I still want to eat too much sugar. I still want to ignore my loved ones and not communicate. I still want to be a lazy piece of crap at work when I know that I should be working harder. You're saying that that stuff's not important enough to you to change today, even though you know you want to change it, right? You, you're convincing yourself you want to change it. Maybe somebody else's voices in your head saying you should be changing this, but you clearly don't want to change it or you already would. It's one of the reasons that I think that when I finally stepped into sobriety, that I was able to do it with with relatively less hiccups than I had expected, because I had decided I was going to quit the day after the Super Bowl, um, and that would have been February 4th or 5th, and, it, and it ultimately I ended up quitting on January 13th because it was just too much. I just could not continue. And that was a really weird Super Bowl to be sober for. It was the New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons, whatever number that was. Because um, I remember I had two buddies sitting next to me. One had been sober for 30 years, and one uh, decided to stay sober that day for me. And he wasn't much of a drinker anyways. Shout out to Ron and Paul. Um, I know you guys listen. And so it was important to me to make that decision to change then. And this is why we start our new year on December 1st. And you can start it tomorrow if you want to. You can decide right now as you're listening to this, he's right, I'm going to totally change this thing about me. It was a resolution I was going to put off, but I'm just going to make that decision now. And I'm going to do it now. 
Um, there's a podcast I'm listening to right now. I think it's called Bulletproof Radio, and he's got a woman on there talking about a book she wrote called The Four Tendencies. And let me see if I can get to the information about it. It's episode. It's episode. If you guys want to go check it out, it's called uh, Bulletproof Radio. It's episode six thirty six. Habits, happiness, and human nature with Gretchen Rubin, and she wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. And you, she'll give you an address there. If you go on Google and type in The Four Tendencies, the very first thing that pops up in Google is this quiz that you can take that tells you which one of these you are. And mine is Questioner. Um, and it discuss a lot about um, there's we all face two kinds of expectations. There's outer expectations such as meeting work deadlines or observing traffic regulations, and there's inner expectations such as quitting, napping, or keeping a New Year's resolution. As a questioner, I do what I think is best according to my judgment, and if it doesn't make sense, I don't do it. Right, the other three, just so you have a working knowledge of what I'm talking about here, is upholder. I do what others expect of me and what I expect of myself. There's the obliger. I do what I have to do. I don't want to let others down, but I may let myself down. And then there's rebel. I do what I want in my own way. If you try to make me do something, even if I try to make myself do, even if I try to make myself do something, I'm less likely to do it. And one of the questions that I had to answer, and you will too, if you go take this quiz again, just type in the four tendencies into Google, and this quiz will pop up at the, at the top. One of the questions was, you know, it says something about New Year's resolutions. And from for me, the answer that most spoke to me was that I don't wait till New Year's Day to start a new. Re- a resolution. If I want to make a change in my life, I just do it. And that's what we're talking about, right? Is that we, that it's not like, oh, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, then you really don't want to do it. And if you do really want to do it, but you got three Oreos left in the pantry and you've been dying to eat them, so you're going to eat them and then tomorrow, no more Oreos. To me, I've made that decision to no longer eat Oreos, and it's more powerful to me to leave them in there and say, I know you're there, but I'm not going to eat them. I did this when I first quit drinking. I don't recommend that you necessarily do this, but it's what worked for me. I kept a bottle of Jack, I kept a 12-pack of beer, and I kept a couple bottles of wine in my room. Because if I figured if I was going to relapse, then it was going to be, I wouldn't have to leave the house for it. Right? I know this sounds stupid, and don't, again, if don't do this, but... Um, for me, it worked. For me, knowing that what I, if I wanted to drink, it was available to me, actually made it, um, I'm not going to say that it made it easier, but it just showed to me that I was serious about this. And about, I think, two or three weeks into my sobriety is when I finally gave all that booze to my neighbor, I was like, or to my uh, roommate. I was like, here, you, you can have this. I, I officially know that I'm good to go now. Okay, so... Back to the New Year's resolution stuff. This is why we're going to be discussing my life's blueprint over the next 12 weeks because we're going to give you guys some seriously awesome ways to organize your life. Because you want to be up leveling, and sometimes you're like, okay, I'm not, okay. And I'll tell you what really got me to using this system and why I turned it into my very first program. I even wrote it into a book. I mean, it was a 25 page book, but it's not available anywhere. I haven't figured out how to make it available yet. Um, if you, if you are listening and you direct and you DM me on Instagram, I, again, I'm not the best at getting back to DMs. So at least give me a few days. Um, I get tons of them and it's hard to sift through them, but, um, or leave a, you know what, leave a comment 
on one of my newest posts because I I'm, don't go too deep in, into the archives. One of the newest ones, I, I generally, generally check them. Anyways, there's ways to find me. It's not hard. I'm the only Jesse Mogul on the planet, but Instagram's the best way. Anyways, about the life's blueprint. The reason I came up with this was because I remember thinking, okay, I'm sober now. All right. I'm not happy about my job. I'm not happy about where I'm at with my own self and my own personal growth. And I'm not happy about my relationships, but what about them am I not happy with? Right. It, 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 when you think I'm not happy with my career, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with my relationships. That's really broad. It's really, really, really broad. And so I needed a way to narrow it down. I needed a way to organize it so that I could easily figure out what it was I wanted to work on that day. And so when I created this, it seemed pretty easy because at the time my old roommate and I were talking a lot about how are we up-leveling ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Right? And so I was like, okay, well, these are the four main components. And he has another word for it. Uh, but for me, it was always the, the main components, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. If these are the four main components that everyone's life is organized by, then when I'm talking about my career, myself, or relationships, each one of those spheres has those four components in it. So, and the reason I call them spheres is it's, you know, to me, it's like you're, you've got these three main spheres of your life, no matter what I've tried to, so no matter what you, what other thing you can think of, well, maybe there's seven spheres or 13 spheres, no matter what other ideas for a sphere you come up with, it can fit within career self relationships. And so you only need these three. It's the paradox of choice. If you have seven options, it makes it much more difficult to figure out what you're going to work on today. If you've got three, it's one of these three. It's not too difficult. And so let's say that you're finishing up the new this year and you're getting ready to go into the new year and you're not happy with your career. Now you can look at your career as far as physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual and you can decide what aspect of your career are you not happy with. Are you not happy at work with your physical, um, with your physical, with your physicality? Do you just sit in a desk in a chair all day long, hunched over a computer? Your posture's going to hell. You're gaining weight. You feel sluggish all the time because you're drinking coffee in the morning and energy energy drinks in the afternoon, and your lunch is cheeseburgers and French fries and milkshakes all the time. Right? Like you can figure out. Am I unhappy at my job because of my physicality? Am I unhappy at my job because of the emotional stressors that it brings? Are there negative energies around you? Are you treated like crap by your boss? Are you treated like crap by just people in general? You know, emotionally, do you feel like you are, you're, you're good there? Do you feel like you're, you're safe and protected? Can you display some emotions? You know, I've worked in the hospitality industry off and on for the last 20 years of my life. Right? I've gone into corporate America. I've gone overseas and worked. But everything comes back to hospitality because no matter how bad the economy gets, you can always find a job bartending, bartending or waiting tables. And for me, the, I love the physicality of being a bartender and a waiter because I'm constantly moving. Emotionally, am I working with people who are happy? And, and if, if one of us gets upset because there's going to be times where it gets very stressful. Are we able to pop off at one another, but then apologize later? Is it, do I feel emotionally balanced there? 
right? Mentally, do I feel like I'm, I'm learning something new at work? Do you feel like you're learning something new at work? As a bartender and waiter, I can assure you every single day, there's these people from all around the world coming in and they have their, their own views on the world and their own identities and their own perspective. And so I'm constantly learning about Sweden or Norway or Finland or Germany or South Africa or Argentina, or Beijing, Singapore. I mean, I'll, I'll hear 13 different accents on any given day. Mentally, I'm constantly being challenged by all these different people. It's fantastic. Do you feel like that at work? I mean, this is just one of my jobs. I'll go into, I could go into my others, but really, because I've worked at this particular hotel for almost seven years, um, it has just, it's been very important to me. I've gone through so many different life changes because of, not because of it, but with it in my life. And so mentally, am I being challenged at work? I can say yes. And if I'm not, then I can start to look at ways I can get myself mentally challenged more. And then of course, there's the spiritual aspect of it. You know, are my morals, ethics, values? Am I treating people kindly? Am I treating my guests kindly? You know, am I being the best version of myself when I show up there? So now, if I start to feel like, oh man, I'm really tired of, of this job. Well, what am I tired of? Am I tired? You know, is it, is it physically? Am I walking too much, lifting things uh, too heavy without the right form? Emotionally, do I not feel... Um, do I not feel supported there? Do I not feel like I can support people there? Mentally, am I being mentally challenged? Am I helping challenge other people mentally? And then, of course, spirituality with the morals, ethics, and values, right? I mean, do you see how simple that is? You can take this and you can do this with career, with yourself, and your relationships. And so as we begin to move forward over the next 12 weeks, it is going to be so exciting to dive into each one of these and give you some tips and pointers on how to be uh, more physically active uh, at work. Even if you have one of those office jobs where you sit at a computer all the time, you can get up and walk around the office once, you know, for 15 minutes or five minutes every hour, right? Get up. You know, I have this green band that I carry around everywhere I go in my, in my messenger bag. And it allows me to like, just stretch my muscles. So I just, I'll just pull it out. Right. And it just allows me to, to get my, my, my back flexed out. I, I can put it around like a pole or some sort of uh, bar. And then I can hold my arms behind me and I can stretch out my chest. It just gets blood flowing. So even if you're stuck in a rel- relatively, um, I, I, I can't believe I just forgot the word, whatever the word, whatever the right word is for sedentary, sedentary. Even if you have a sedentary, sed, sedentary, sed, sedentary. Man, I'm, you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> it's there. Um, it, even if you're a job where you just sit around the whole time, um, there's still ways that you could just stand up, you know, and just do like head, shoulders, knees, and toes, you know, just something to get your blood flowing. And then again, we've discussed emotional, mental, and spiritual. And so you can do this with yourself. Do you look in the mirror and you're unhappy with what you see? All right. Are you, do you do you look? Do you think about your emotional state and how you're not very emotionally balanced? How you how you how you how you emotionally sway really really quickly and often. Mentally, do you feel like you're challenging yourself to learn? Do you feel like you're surrounding yourself with people who challenge you mentally? Are you willing to? Um, rather than always be right, are you willing to connect by just listening to somebody else's opinion, even if it's different than your own and you think that it's ridiculous, 
Are you willing to listen to theirs and understand they have a they have their perspective on life and you have yours? And then, of course, within the self, are you feeling mental when it comes to spirituality, morals, ethics, values? Are you holding your sobriety and recovery to? Are you holding your feet to the fire when it comes to your sobriety recovery and thinking about your gratitude, your integrity, and your humility? I mean, that's some spirituality right there when it comes to your sobriety. And then we have relationships, our physical, right? I mean, this isn't just sex life with your with your partner, but also are you getting out and are you going out and are you being active? Do you go on hikes? Do you go on walks? Do you just go out on date nights still? It could be with your with just your friends or your children. Are you going out and you're doing activities with them? Are you are, are you just sitting on the couch watching TV all the time? Emotionally, or do do you feel supported? Do you support them? Do they feel like they can be vulnerable? Do you feel like you can be vulnerable? Because when you become vulnerable is when you really begin to open yourself up emotionally. And it's not easy for a lot of us because we've lived under this dark cloud of addiction for so long. And even when we weren't addicts, you know, even when we were kids and adolescents and teens and into our whatever, whenever you became an addict, all that time beforehand, you had habits in place that were leading you towards addiction. You had tendencies in place that were leading you towards addiction. You had traumas and sadness and, and depression, and you had guilt and shame and jealousy and all whatever the other seven deadly sins are. You had these things that were that were beginning to build a foundation for addiction to build its its skyscraper upon, right? And so emotionally with your relationships is really where you want to be able to dive in. And we're going to talk about that this month. Mentally with your relationships, or again, are you having great conversations? Are you being a part of conversations? And instead, in lieu of always being right, can you just listen? I heard a really cool saying once. I don't remember who said it. I don't know where it came from, but it, something about like, Average mind, low-minded people talk about other people like gossiping. Um, average-minded people talk about events, and high-minded people talk about ideas. Now, if you like to talk about people or events or ideas, regardless of where you fall on that spectrum, I'm not judging you. This is something that I heard, um, but I I liked it because like look, I'll talk. You know, I mean, if you're talking about other people and it's in the, in the form of gossip, that's not cool. Right, like that's that, that's being a low version of yourself. That's definitely not following the four agreements and always doing your best. Right, that's just it's just not. You know, go back and listen to episode twenty four through twenty eight where I talk about the four agreements. Um, number one is being impeccable with your words. Being a gossip hound is not being impeccable with your words. All right, it's being a low version of yourself. So if you find yourself doing that in your relationships, then you're not challenging yourself mentally. And then with your relationships, moral, ethic, values, do you, do you keep your word? If you say you're going to be somewhere, if you say that you're going to do something to other people, do you, do you do it? Right? Well, I'll tell you, one of the main reasons I've found that people have a hard time making commitments to others to do things is because they've built a habit to themselves that if they wake up that day and they're just not in the mood, they just won't do it. They've made so many commitments and broken so many in the past that they're not willing they they are they're afraid to make commitments now because they basically know they're not going to follow through. So when it comes to your relationships and your spirituality as as far as, you know, 
do you, are are you a person with of your word? Are you impeccable with your words? Then what's important is that you start making those commitments to others and following through. And one of the best ways to build that in as a habit is by making commitments to yourself and following through. Because then you start to teach yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you'll do it. Right? This is very important. I mean, look, when it comes to moral ethics and values with your relationships, if you're lying and you're cheating and you're stealing and you're doing things of that nature, that's like the first thing you've got to start to fix. Once you've done that that hard work and you're not a, you know, crapola kind of person who does that to people, then you can start really being becoming impeccable with your words and being where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. We're not going to sit here for the rest of the year and talk to one another like you're not already busting your ass, ready to make some serious effing changes. If you're new to the show, go back, check out episode 35. I do a great summary of all my episodes. It's real quick. It's 30 minutes. I basically give each episode a minute and I blast through and I give you an overall idea of where we've been. Right, because one of my life coaches, Brooke Castillo, she talks. I mean, she's up into the two hundred, almost three hundred episodes. She's not going to go back and do the same episode over again. Um, she's talked about things cer- certainly um, over again because she's got some different points of view. But she's always saying, "Hey, go back and listen to this episode. Go back and listen to that." There's not that many. If you listen to, they're about thirty minutes a piece. We're at thirty six. Um, that would be 18 hours. It's, it, that's it. Commit to listening to two a day or one a day, and you'll knock them out in, a, in a, about a little over a month. So go back and listen to them because we're not going to sit here and talk to one another and have this conversation constantly playing small ball. Now, again, if you're new to this, then yes, go back and listen. Help Go back and listen to one a week like I released them so that you're not all of a sudden trying to slam down a whole year's worth of content into one month because it it takes time to take some of this stuff in. But for those of you who've been following me on this journey, for those of you that that have your six months, a year, two years, three years, 17 years, whatever it might be, it's time to get our ass into the majors. We're in the show now, guys. And that's what we're going to be talking about this, this, the rest of this year and moving into next year. So we're going to be talking about a lot of high-minded concepts, right? And they're not, I mean, I'm not sitting here, I'm not Einstein, I'm not Bill Gates, I'm not, you know, uh, Stephen Hawking. So we're not talking about things that you're going to need an abacus and a, and, a, and a freaking, you know, calculator for. I'm just saying, we're not going to sit here and talk about, oh my God, how am I going to make it through today? I don't know how I'm not going to use. Yes, Yes, some of you are there. Some of you are actually doing that today, and I love you. I commend you. You are amazing because I know what it is like to be at day one and 31 and 333 and 666 and 777. I know what it was like to click off those days, and it, and it became less about clicking off days and more about the journey into my recovery because I paid attention to what it was I wanted to change. And it was because I was able to put it into this blueprint. Career, self-relationships, these three spheres, they each have four components, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Wherever you're at on your journey, this can help you. I have gotten it into my head that I have been playing 
with kid gloves with everyone. I've, I've been playing with kid gloves when it comes to this show. When I go to speak to people with my clients, I'm just like, well, okay, you're, you're at where you're at, and let's take it slow so we don't get you to relapse. And I don't want anyone to relapse. But I'm also like 36 episodes into this show, and if I keep talking to you guys like you're at day one, week one, and you're, you're sitting here and you're holding on to your chair like, oh my God, I might use. If I keep talking to you like that, you're going to leave me, and I would leave me because we're growing here. If you're new, if you're day one, day 31, like I just said, then go back, listen to them slowly. Don't necessarily, if, if you, again, if you're new to the show, this is, some of these episodes are a little bit higher up. They're, they're, they're phase two or phase three into your sobriety and recovery, and they should be treated as such. So go back and listen to episode five, the emotional maturity episode. Go back and listen to episode three about the six human needs and how they lead to addiction. Go back and listen to um, episode nine about self-doubt. Go, but let, go back and, and listen to episode 15 about emotional self-regulation or episode 16 about not listening to the negative people, right? And figuring out who's toxic and who's not. And maybe you are the most toxic person in your life because of the crap you're saying to yourself inside your head. Go back and listen to those because we're up here and we're ready and we're here waiting for you. And you can listen to these whenever you find them, right? Five years from now, I may not be doing this show anymore. And you might be listening to it being like, oh man, this was from 2019. What the hell is this going to teach me? It's going to teach you a ton. Because it doesn't matter when you got to this. This is evergreen content. This is content that will always matter. This is con- content that does not age away. So as we go through career self-relationships in the physical, emotional, mental, spirituality of all three of those spheres, we are going to begin to seriously make some awesome freaking changes in our lives. This is the stuff I'm always doing to myself. I, I don't play with myself with kid gloves, right? I come at me and my therapist always say, no, Jesse, that's not enough. Work harder. Work harder. Work harder. I don't take it as an insult. I say, she's right. I have more. It's not me giving 110%. It's not me giving 120%. It's me realizing that what was once 100% isn't 100% anymore. That what was once 100% is now 70 or 50 or 99, whatever number arbitrarily I throw out, whatever I thought it was, once I've accomplished something, I've gotten to that point, now I know I can do more. Now I know I can push myself harder. I go to the gym and I think, oh my God, it's so hard to do this bicep curl with 35 pound dumbbell. So I really focus and I pay attention to what I'm doing. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, it's so much, it's so hard to do a bicep curl with 40 pound dumbbell. But two weeks ago, I didn't think I could get past 35. And now I'm over here doing 40. What was once 100% became 90%. I had to put 10 more pounds on that dumbbell. I had to push myself harder. You have to push yourself harder. Stop being afraid of your future and seize it. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this year and for the rest of the show's history, all time. This is just a really amazing opportunity we have to figure out how we want to organize our lives moving into 2020. We're finishing a year. We're starting a new decade. It is awesome. When people ask you what's your one-year plan, your three-year, your five-year, your 10-year, here comes year 2020. This is a great time to figure out where do you want to be at 2030? 
If you were using back in the day, you probably didn't even think you'd be alive to see 2020. Now, you, barring, you know, crazy stuff happening, disease and famine and war and stuff of that nature, right? For the most part, we're not afraid of getting eaten by bears and saber-toothed tigers anymore. Yes, I get you could always get hit by a bus and things of that nature, right? Live every day. Seize the day. Live every day for the day. I absolutely get that. One day at a time. Absolutely, positively, I believe that. But also... Be making plans for the future. Right? Yes, a meteor, a satellite could fall out of the sky and land in my house right now and kill me. Will I be happy at, at the pearly gates whenever they say, are you, are you good with how you treated your life? Right? Right? Yeah. Wait, you know what? In fact, why don't you go back and listen to episode two, I'll Never Use Again versus One Day at a Time. I talk all about living one day at a time, but also living a life of meaning and working your ass off to achieve what you what it is you want to achieve in life to become this best version of yourself. All right, I've gone way over. It's 36 minutes. Um this became very cheerleadery at the end and also a bit in your face because it's time, guys. It's time. It's time to get it together. It's time to push ourselves harder. What was once 100% is now 80%. 90%, whatever percent you want to say it is, but it's not 100% anymore. Every single day, we will we will push ourselves to achieve 100%, and we wake up in the morning, we're back down to 80%. And then every single day, we will work our asses off to go to bed at 100%, knowing full well that when we wake up, it's time to push ourselves harder. What was once 100% is no longer 100%. That's the essence of life. The only constant in life is that there is going to be change. So accept it and be in control of it. And one of the best ways to be in control of it is to be thinking about what it is you want to change. Are you reactionary? meaning that you react to situations, or do you respond, meaning that you're able to stop, think, evaluate, and then move, knowing that you have made a wise decision because you have allowed yourself to calmly decide the best method of moving forward. STEM is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, Stop, think, evaluate, and move. I think I may have talked about it in... Um, let me see if I talked about it in, no, I didn't. I haven't talked about it specifically in college success habits. I may have talked about it in one of my episodes of the book. Um, but I don't remember which one. Anyways, I'll go over, stop, think, evaluate, and move because that's going to be a really great thing to have. But just remember if something crazy goes down, stop, think about the options, evaluate which one would be the best response, not the reaction, but the response, and then move on it right? Your kid comes running in, they've cut their finger, they're bleeding all over the floor. Reactionary, jump up, oh my god, oh my god, you're bleeding, you're bleeding. And you're, you're, you rip your shirt off and it, you're patting the hand down and you know, then you fling that off and you like, I don't know, you start wrapping duct tape around it because you don't know how to stop the bleeding because you're freaking out and there's blood everywhere and, ah, and you jump in the car and you forget the kid in the house but you're trying to go to the hospital and you're all, oh my god, that's reactionary. Response would be like, okay, okay, I see what's, even if you're doing it quickly, right? Like you can't sit there and be like, hmm, I can't, my kid's hand is bleeding. Let me think about this for, let's say, 20 minutes. Child, will you please sit in the corner quietly while mommy and daddy think about what to do with your bleeding hand? No. No, I'm not saying that you stop for tons of time. It's merely stop long enough to to go away from reactionary, which is an emotional trigger, to respondiary. 
Yes, I'm going to make up words, just like Prince used to. Respondiary. And so your respondiary, you respond. You stop, you think, you evaluate, you move. I don't even need to do a whole episode. There it was. But I'm going to do a whole episode anyways because I love that stuff. Okay, I've gotten into the 40-minute mark. I didn't mean to go that long. All right, guys. So there you go. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. I am going to leave you for now. And then we will pick this up to next week. And like I said, the next week is the beginning of November. I will have that will 12 episodes on these 12 um, quadrants will allow us to get all the way to the beginning of February. You're going to have the best year of your entire life. It, it is going to be absolutely amazing. I know that you can achieve whatever it is you set your mind to because I have seen people achieve whatever it is they set their mind to. But you have to set your mind to something. And in order to do that, you need to be organized. You need to have a plan. You need to be mindful of what it is you're doing each day to take that step forward. And if there's a day where you just want to be chilling on the couch and rest because you're fatigued and you've worked your ass off, then you know you can do that because you've been keeping yourself accountable towards your growth. When I decide to have a cupcake once in a while, and again, I love fitness, I love my nutrition, I'm always building muscle and working hard. There's some days where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have a bunch of pancakes and a cupcake today. But I know I can do that because I've kept track of my diet. I've, I've kept track of the food I put in my body. So I know I've got the calories to give. Or I know that I've been so good that I can take a cheat day. Right? You can take a cheat day if you've been keeping accountable towards yourself about what it is you're changing. All right? This is going to be the most amazing year ever. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. As always, be inclusive, not exclusive. The power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. Safe journey, my friends. Until we meet again, bye-bye. 